Palm Beach, Florida, where there has been family wealth for generations. And now I'm not going to tell that. Maybe tomorrow. Um, the point is this. Much of the American church has turned its back on God's Word. It's done it. Now, in those denominations, thankfully, there are genuine believers who are going to see the light, who are going to hear the joyful sound, going to get the message to come away. At least move in the truth and reality of the Scripture. Move in the integrity of God. They're going to do it. We're going to see revival come to America. It's coming. It is coming. It's not going to be with great television evangelists. And that's okay. I'm not opposed to them. But it isn't going to come that way. You know how it's going to come? It's going to come with some sweet, dear little men and women who experience the power of God. And in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, speak to a spirit of addiction. And they can even whisper it. They don't have to scream and holler and just say in the name of Jesus, get out of her and go, and it's going. And revival is going to come to America because it's going to be like a tidal wave of holy fire that is going to burn through all the pasture fences that religion has erected across the land. It'll stop at those denominational lines no more than a Kansas prairie fire stops at a fence. It won't do it. And that's coming. There are more aspects to that than just God sending grace and God sending glory and God sending fire. And everybody's going to be involved in it. It isn't going to be just official preachers that are carrying that word. It's going to be kids, children. And I know some who are already qualified and ready to carry the word. And it's going to be men and women under the anointing and empowering of the Holy Spirit. Where is it going to start? Well, every state says it's going to start here with us. And I believe it. I do. I'll tell you what I think. I, and I think I'm right. I'm not saying this prophetically, but I'm, I'm, I think it's a prophetic word. South Florida is going to be rocked, absolutely rocked by revival among Jews. I believe that. I believe that. I believe the Jewish community, the several million in South Florida, more Jews in South Florida, second largest Jewish state next to Israel in the world. <laughs> and hallelujah, God bless them. Boca Raton, Florida, which is just two towns south of me, is the richest community on the earth. And it's 60% Jewish. And do you know that's the favor of God? 
Maybe we'll talk more about that later. The blessing that came on Abraham and is still carrying on through the Jewish state everywhere. At any rate, I believe a revival is going to come to South Florida through the Jews and it's not going to take but one rabbi who suddenly has the revelation and the visitation of the Holy Spirit and who fulfills the prophecy, they shall look upon me whom they have pierced and shall mourn for him as one mourns for his only son. When some dear rabbi or Jewish leader, man or woman, sees Jesus in that capacity, thank God the Jews are so aggressive, you will never shut them up. You will never shut them up. Amen. God bless you. Let's stand. Oh, Lord, move this, or have the men move this. Father, we thank you, we praise you, we bless your name. You are not asleep. Your church is. But wake us up. Oh, God, wake up this community. Start here with revival in Michigan, Lord. And let holy fire ring out from this place. <clears throat> Touch the whole of America. Lord, use this fellowship, this congregation, this group of believers. Holy Spirit, you can do it. There's no doubt in our minds you can do it. If you can raise the dead, you can speak into a live church. Let's just wait a moment. There's some of you that the Holy Spirit's been speaking to prophetically. You've been having prophetic dreams. You, you get prophetic messages. You could be washing dishes or driving the car and then Somehow, the, the, God's word invades that, and you get a, uh, a prophetic insight, and you don't know what to do with it, and that's okay. The Holy Spirit frequently works with us that way. Some of you are getting words of knowledge about future things, and you don't know what to do with it, and that's okay. Some of you already know you are a marked man and a marked woman because God Almighty has a ministry for you. It's not a pulpit ministry necessarily. It isn't that you're going to have to go spend six years in seminary before you can be doing anything. It isn't that at all. But you've, you've, you know that you've got a work of the Holy Spirit stirring in you that is not yet being fulfilled, not yet being done. I want you to, I want to know who you are. I want you to raise your hand. 
Get them up. Keep them up. Don't be shy. Get it up all the way. Get it up. Thank you, Lord. Now, Father, you've got the nucleus right here to strike this nation with prophetic voices, with voices of insight and wisdom and revelation, power, and God Almighty. Do it. Put the fire in their hearts. I want you with your hands up. I want you to come forward. I want one line across the front, and I need some men to help. Come up a little closer right here. That's good. One line. And if we need more, another line, we will do that. I want to make an observation. Every opportunity like this that I see given, the ratio will usually be 20 women to three men. Is that because God loves the women the most and gives them the call the most? Absolutely not. The problem is men have too big an ego to stand up before God and say, I have a call of God in my life. And I hope I shoot you out of the nest with that fact. Men have a problem with their ego that's bigger than their love for God. Now we're going to have just this first line of ministry and I need some men behind each person and just stay with me because the Holy Spirit doesn't always work in a sequence. But Holy Spirit, you've got women and men in this line that age and finances and health have absolutely no bearing on it. Absolute education has absolutely no bearing on it. Because God Almighty, what you want are people who are simply willing to receive the anointing and empowering of the Holy Spirit and send them out into the fields like Samson's fox with firebrands tied on their tails scattering fire wherever they go. Scattering fire wherever they go. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, they're yours. They're yours. They're yours. They're yours. Right here, men. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, she is yours. 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 
Jesus not only taught us to pray and to worship. You be quiet a minute. But one of the key things Jesus taught, which the church has not grabbed, John 7, when he said, Come to me and drink. Come to me and drink. Now, what did he mean? He meant as the rock followed Moses in the wilderness and the people drank from it, that we are to come to him and drink. Now, prayer is wonderful. Worship is wonderful. But that is the outflow. Reading scripture is wonderful. And we can drink while we're reading scripture. We can. But one thing many Christians neglect to do is to shut up their praying and asking and singing and worshiping, which is all good, and I love that. But one thing we neglect to do is to spend proper time drinking, silently soaking, silently breathing in the presence of God, silently absorbing, silently drinking. That is the way we experience the anointing, enriching the anointing in ourselves, increasing it, intensifying it, drinking. So when I'm laying hands on you, please forget me. Don't sing, don't talk, drink. Some of you have some specific worries, and they're legitimate, they're real. It can be about family, it can be about finance, health, issues. Who are you? Will you come? Okay. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, visit your daughter. In the name of Jesus, anxiety, fear, apprehension, worry, get out of this woman of God. Get out. Get out!
want you to know something. Falling is not what we're after. That's not what we're after. That happens. You read it all through the New Testament. It happened in, even in the Quaker, I not the yes, the Quaker churches, but in the Puritan churches in early England. Um, incredible experiences. In Jonathan Edwards' day in Massachusetts, four, 1741, the great, what's called the Great Awakening in America. Incredible manifestations of the Holy Spirit like that. Even so, falling is not what we're after. It's the accompanying work of the Holy Spirit. Many people fall, many do not, but experience the same favor. I'll give you one quick example and then I'm through. I'll let you go. Um, in my early new ministry, a young man in the congregation, I think about 17 years old, was diagnosed with a condition in his eyes that he could, he was potentially going blind. And he came up on Sunday morning. I was up on a step, like a platform. He and his father came for the ministry. The dad came with him. I laid hands on both of them. The father was absolutely slapped to the floor. He didn't fall. Nobody caught him. He just was slapped to the floor. Well, the boy just stood there. And he looked at his dad on the floor, and then he looked at me, and then he looked back at the dad, and then it was kind of like he looked up at God and said, I'm the one. I'm the one. Not him, me. But guess what? He was healed. He's alive and got good vision today, and that's been 30 years ago. This, the outward sign is not what we're after. Even though Saul of Tarsus was flattened on the ground when he met Jesus. Flattened on the ground. Good night. God bless you.